0: Welcome to episode 37 of the SFDC Consultant Podcast. My name is Emmerich, and today I'm happy to share this very productive conversation that I had with Tai Nguyen, co founder and chief innovation officer at Inspire Planner. We spoke about building app exchange applications, finding customers, and positioning your solution in the marketplace. I really enjoyed this discussion as we got the chance to really get into detail on some aspects of running an app exchange business. Now, enjoy my conversation
1: with Ty. Hello, my name is Ty Nguyen, I'm from Inspire Planner. I've been working in the Salesforce ecosystem for over 15 years, so, so quite a while. Started out working just at a company using Salesforce and then eventually moved on to working for a Salesforce consulting partner and moving through those ranks and ended up joining a startup that, that developed an app company primarily in the nonprofit sector, which I then moved on and started my own app company, which is where I am today, Inspire Planner. So I'm co-founder and uh, chief innovation officer at Inspire Planner. And Inspire Planner is uh, a native Salesforce app that focuses uh, primarily on project management and the functions around project management.
0: What was your decision-making on that? Was it, I'll just start a company and figure out what I'm going to do? Or did you pick up a problem That you've identified previously or
1: a gap in the app exchange and then you've decided to start that's a great question so it it was definitely identifying a specific problem to solve from my my past work experience being that salesforce consultant working at the the consulting shops there was always that need for a project management tool And, and a good project management tool that integrated with salesforce essentially since this was the, the 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 platform that we were not only using internally as, as an organization, but also deploying and implementing for all of our our customers and clients. And as I went through that that work experience, that journey of of implementing those Salesforce projects, there was always that gap of really finding a good, elegant project management solution that you know wasn't overly clunky. That still supported the the core principles of project management, like a Microsoft Project per se. If you're a pr- traditional project manager, you want to be able to define dependencies, track the slack, and define baselines, and all that formal training that that you've gone through. And there was always that gap in on the App Exchange of of finding a solution like that um, that really met those needs and those requirements, but also something that was affordable as well. There there were some solutions that offered that, say, like a, a financial force, but then you're having to purchase that whole suite that came along with financial force, which is not very affordable for, for organizations that are not that are not at the enterprise level, right? So the specific need we identified or identified was around having that core project management functionality and and, and supporting that. Integration with Salesforce, because there, there were offerings like that that were outside of salesforce such as Pro- Microsoft project or other solutions like that so native to salesforce but also affordable and and something that was not only something that could be afforded by enterprises but also by mid-market and small SMBs as well so that was the the key problem that we identified and basically went to put our talents to work and 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 thought to ourselves well we I I I'm an app builder. I've worked in Salesforce, solving problems for for clients for X number of years. Why not solve this problem as well? And and that's how Inspire Planner came to fruition. In terms of the actual journey from idea to publish,
0: how I mean, how long did did you guys work on development, and how long did it take you to actually go through the actual security review, I guess, and publish and
1: and launch mm-hmm. on the App Exchange. I would say the approach we took was very methodical. So we we could have gone to market much faster than we did, but given our experience and, and the approach that we we took, it, it took us a, a good two years. Because what we did was we we built a, a, a prototype, a, a minimal viable product, went and tested that. We we were also as part of starting the app company, we all we also had a consulting arm of our of the business, and so we took that concept and that prototype and validated it with uh, a handful of our consulting customers and basically gathered that that voice of customer, gathered the validation, continued to build it out to the point where we felt like it was ready for the market. And at that point, in parallel, we were going through the security review process, going through the business contracting process with Salesforce. So that, that whole process Took us a good two years, but I think it was more of a purposeful two years as opposed to trying to get it to market as soon as possible. What I learned from my my past experience around going through that ISV going through the ISV partner process was get your app into that app exchange review process early while you're still building it out, and then get that approval or, or work through that in parallel as you're still building out the, the app and that solution so that, again, you can expedite that process and, and work those two streams in parallel as opposed to waiting until you, you, you have a fully marketable product and then submitting that into the security review because then that that that'll ultimately could extend that timeline. The other thing I wanted to follow up on is while you were validating
0: that idea and while you were going through that early stage of development and, of course, the fact that you had the opportunity to test that with with consulting partners. How important was that feedback that you've uh, received, positive or negative, I guess giving you the confidence and also giving you the right decision-making process for what to put in the app and what not to put in the app?
1: Yeah, for us, it was absolutely critical feedback. At the end of the day, you can design and build an app that you feel is the most elegant, the most functional, the most sophisticated, but if nobody is going to use it, then it's really worth nothing. So for for us, that feedback was absolutely critical in, in terms of validating what the need really was, right? And validating our assumptions around satisfying those needs with our functionality. And so for us, it was a critical step, but also, as you said, gave us a real degree of confidence in putting our best foot forward when, when we did launch. And also being able to reference that, right? As we go into sales, demos, and, and, and any sort of sales engagement was walking customers through that process, especially as an early-stage app and a, an early-stage ISV. You need content like that to, to, to lead with or share with your, your customers because you may not have very many customers that, that you can reference at that point. So then you need to share that process and that experience of how you got there and why you built what you did and how it's going to benefit them to help convince them that it, it is the right solution for them.
0: What was your journey from launch to getting your first handful of clients? The way I would think about it is if you launch an app and you put so much work into it, you probably have already have one or two names that are going to be your go-to
1: people. We had the benefit of having our consulting arm of the business where we were able to demonstrate pretty immediate value for them because they were part of the whole process of helping us validate the solution. So we were able to secure some of those first customers through that channel, which was really beneficial for us because we already had established relationships with them, right? And they were willing to provide us reviews and establish some marketing content together and things like that. So that was a real benefit for us in having that ability to do that. Also, from just being in the, the Salesforce ecosystem for so so long, you establish you know certain relationships throughout your career, relationships with Salesforce AEs, other consulting partners, or other other colleagues that you've worked with in the past that moved on moved on somewhere else. So it's also reaching out to those those networks and and leveraging them and, and saying, hey, do you have uh, a few minutes to chat about this app that I just developed? And here's a demo and what can you do to review this with some of your existing clients and things like that? So I felt like that, that was a big positive for us in, in terms of having that network to lean on as well. Because at the end of the day, that's probably the most difficult part of the whole ISV and app process is really establishing those first set of customers so that you can build that trust factor for the subsequent customers that, that you're hoping to close. I remember
0: the first time that we published we spoke with one of the account executives there and literally in 2 days we had a call with a potential client so
1: uh, i mean kudos to all account executives that have good relationships <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, what i would say on that note though is you, you got to be careful though because you need to be relatively ready to deliver right because as quick as they can provide you leads they can quickly take them away if there's negative outcomes to what you're delivering, right? So I think it's really important for the app to be at a certain level where you're confident that you're not potentially burning bridges and you're not you know, risking those key relationships that are extremely critical in the early stages of your app. So that's what I would say maybe uh, to caution people on and the big learning is you got to ensure that you are ready to to take on those risks at that point and, and you're ready, your app is ready at that point. I mean, there's the whole thing about first
0: impressions, I guess, that's, that's, that's yeah. fairly important to to establish there. How did you decide pricing points? Did you look at value propositions
1: around other applications that may be competitors or, or what was your strategy? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And it's going to be different for different ISVs offering different products. For us anyway, what, the the approach we took was really focusing on the gap in the market. So as I I kind of mentioned earlier, we found that from a pricing gap perspective, there were the more uh, expensive apps that were were in this range, and then there were less, ex- much less expensive apps that were in the bottom tier that required a lot of customization, a lot of implementation work, etc. There was there was really no solutions in that mid tier price band or price range. And so we felt that's that's the gap we want to address. It's really building a solution that can uh, be the right fit for that price gap. So as part of that, what we needed to do was design our, our app as well around the financial structure and the economics of that price band as well, right? Because it has to be profitable. It has to uh, make sense from a, a functionality perspective and whatnot. So so really, we we took that and we said, okay, well, let's really try to build an app that's fairly plug and play so that there's not much intervention required from, from our services and our team. Also, something that is very flexible from a Salesforce perspective so that if customizations are needed or extensions, etc., then the customers can leverage the, their their partners, their Salesforce partners to do that. Because the way that we've designed it, it's very consistent with the, the Salesforce framework. So you're applying all the same fundamentals around extending or customizing it. And then in addition to that, we needed to then take figure out the support end of it, right? And how do we, we design the app so that it's going to minimize the burden of support on our team to then match the price point that we're trying to sell it at, right? So then building in the functionality so it's extremely intuitive and very simple and very focused... Ensuring that we have the right self-help resources in place, right videos, documentation, all of that. So really, it came down to the whole, a whole business model around making that business model fit with that that gap that we identified in terms of price point and price price band within the current landscape of the market on the app exchange. The other thing mm-hmm. I wanted to ask
0: in terms of your client base. What are we what are we looking at? Have you started with a client in mind, and then you you saw some uh, discrepancies? What I'm thinking about is, were you potentially thinking that Salesforce end users may actually be your ideal client, and then you realize probably consultancies are also using them, or was it wasn't really a surprise the fact that your existing client base is what you
1: expected at the beginning? Yeah. So. I- i would say the the customers that we're signing and the the customer base that, that we've secured to date has been consistent with our assumptions again being working in the salesforce ecosystem for so long you get a really good sense of the the different types of customers that are that are out there and the different types of needs and whatnot we designed the app to be relatively generic right so if you think of microsoft project it's a very generic project management tool that spans different organization sizes, different, you know, industry verticals, et cetera. It's just ge- generic project planning so we have taken that concept and simplified it and integrated it in the Salesforce, essentially making it native. So we, we've tried to do that so that we can, you know, maximize that total addressable market as much as possible and really just focusing on the application itself and focusing on the functionality and delivering on the, the requirements and, and, and needs around project management. Right. So What surprised us in a way has been the speed of growth, right? So it's grown much faster than we expected. I think because of our our thoughtfulness around really addressing a very specific need, very specific gaps, staying very focused on those core fundamentals as as we grow and as we continue to develop out the app, it's really helped us in, in terms of when leads come in, they're generally pre-qualified because they've gone on the app exchange. They they see demos. They so they they have a very clear understanding of what our application is going to provide. Because again, I think we're very focused, and, and we've been able to to have that discipline of, of staying focused. And so for us, as we get these leads that come in, they already have a good understanding of, of what our application does. We get we we, we do a demo, and it, it just further validates what they already know or, or already feel, and then the price point closes the deal almost in a way because we're providing such great functionality at at a price point that's you know lower than what is the alternatives out there in the uh, on the marketplace so I think all, all those connected together from a from a gap perspective and identifying that need and, and and satisfying those needs has really helped us in expediting the adoption and the traction of our our, our application which we're we're really proud of.
0: Yeah. So in terms of support, and, and I guess, building that up, what's your current strategy around that? And I guess, what, what's next? What do you, are you guys um, building something on top of that? Or are you just trying to focus on what you're doing and, and just break through the market, I guess, and, and get on top of the What's What's your plan?
1: So, so currently from a support perspective, again, it, it, it all starts with the original app design and business model, right? So we're trying to build something that is self-sustaining as possible, something that requires as minimal administration as possible. And so as part of that, the support structure is really trying to build out as much re- self-help resources as well as much as possible to, to limit the burden on actual human resources, right? So we're going and continually investing in that in that channel, so that it not only helps our our internal resources, but it also helps on the customer success side, right? They're going to have, from a behavioral perspective, that's almost how customers today prefer to learn. Like they 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 want to just have quick snippets of videos. They want that real time knowledge and information and learning, right? So we're trying to build out the resources to satisfy that as much as possible. But then scale our support team as we need to. So as support comes in, we we just provide the, the best support we can for our customers and as timely as possible. And again, it's also easy for our support team because as we build out those self-help resources, oftentimes we just reference them. And again, just pro- that that provides the ability to expedite that the, the the response times and 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 the support for our customers. From a growth perspective and, and what our next steps for Inspire Planner, I, I would say in the last year we've really validated the success of our app so in addition to the new license growth that we've acquired also this past year has been the first real year that we've gone through renewals right so so we really wanted to take this year to validate the fact that the customers that are signing up are successful with it and that they're going to renew and not just drop off and so we've been able to validate that this year and 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 we've actually been able to accomplish more actually double the organic growth so double the growth of customers adding more light like new licenses than the churn that that, that we've had with, with customers so that was extreme positive for us so now we've pretty much feel very confident with the application and, and validating the, the need and the success this year we're going to invest in infrastructure they're really putting the right people in place to help us build out the processes within the organization so that we have the infrastructure in place to really then push, push the growth the following year. So I would say 2021 is going it, really an investment year for us to, to establish the, the foundational infrastructure. 2022, we're really looking at investing in growth. And again, staying very focused on what we have. One of the core mantras of our organization is focus. And, and the discipline around focus because as, as yourself it's it's easy to you 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 get a big name that's interested in your app and it's easy to, to to sway from your core principles or your core strategies because you can sign a a big fancy customer or this big this, this big dollar sign deal but that could re- derail your whole app right and derail your whole business because you're burdened by trying to make something work for them that wasn't the right fit they're gonna just drain all your resources and just take you away from your core strategy. so. It's that core discipline you know, of, of sticking to your strategies and, and, and your core company principles. And that's what we're going to continue to do. And so that means focusing exclusively on what we have in Spire Planner. We haven't really scratched the surface at all in terms of the total addressable market at this point. So there's really no need for us to really look beyond what we already have and continuing to improve and enhance what we have today.
0: The one thing I wanted to, to just... Um touch upon in a a bit more detail, and and you've mentioned it a few times, and I think it would be probably unfair not to ask, but you did mention around the fact that you've you've built this old self-help bank of knowledge internally and externally for your users would you use that or how, how did you build that? Is that something that you've used uh, some external application, external technology? I don't know. I'm thinking about these right now. You have these chatting, live chatting apps out there. Did you integrate mm-hmm. one of those or did you build something yourself? I know there's, there's some partners on the app exchange that do like walkthroughs and all of that. Is that something that you've built yourself custom for your app or have you integrated with, with, an, with another technology? Yeah,
1: that's a good question, America. So we, we, are leveraging uh, a platform called Magentrix. And that's uh, it's a it's an application available on the App Exchange. It's a third party portal platform, something that would be a substitute to say Salesforce communities. So we've been able to to build a really nice self help portal there that integrates seamlessly back into our, our own Salesforce business org. And and it's actually pretty cool what we've done is is we've integrated a single sign on feature integrated directly into our application. So when users just click on our Inspire Planner Help tab within our app in Salesforce, it auto-creates a, a, a user for them in our help portal and just single signs them on so that they essentially, when they click that tab, they have access to all of those help, self-help resources. But they're able to you know, click and log a, a, a case right within our, our our platform without having to go to another third-party site and log in and figure all that stuff out. It's all seamless, uh, a seamless user experience. So it's been a great solution for us, and it it works really well for us. And also provides a lot of convenience and seamlessness for for our customers. So we've used that. We've also used a a tool called Talk.to that we've integrated onto our website. And that's where we have that live chat that gives you access directly to our team and and i would say those are the two primary channels where where we're offering that help and that support so we're trying to you know provide it as in real time as possible but but obviously we we only have a limited number of resources so we're we're trying to use as many tools to then substitute the fact that we don't have endless amount of resources to to be available at all times now, the
0: last question from my side, what would be a piece of advice that you would give people thinking about starting their own app exchange business, building their own app or component? What would you recommend to people in terms of looking out for or at least thinking about whenever they're taking this seriously?
1: So I would say my, my biggest takeaway that I would share with others is, and, and it's not only the experience I gained from building Inspire Planner, but other, other apps for other companies in the past is if you're looking to start building a new app or trying to identify gaps in the marketplace to build an app for really try to identify something that you're already an expert in, or you already have experience or knowledge in it's you you can't just go out and find a problem to solve that you don't really know much about just because it's a good problem to solve, right? Because the, the, there's the idea, but then there's the whole execution side of it. And, and, For me, I feel like the success of Inspire Planner has been much to to do with my experiences in the past and what I'm already an expert in, right? My, My career has been around implementing Salesforce, being a project manager on these project implementation projects, being an app designer in the past as well. So I'm drawing upon all those experiences and expertises and really putting it together in in an application. So I would say it's much more successful than than some other applications I built in the past because I I didn't really know much about maybe the business processes or the industry at that time. So you're having to go out and do so much validation and you're making so many assumptions. Whereas with Inspire Planner, a lot of it was I would say self validated in a way with me and my partner because we had this, all of this experience and and we, it, it was satisfying a need that we have always identified for ourselves. Right. So I would say that goes a long way in being able to solve the problem is having the drawing upon your own expertises and experiences that you can apply to solving that problem and not just finding any random problem to solve because that is the case out there, right? You can build an app to do anything. So it's it's got to be really careful in terms of how you invest that time into solving a problem.
0: I was going to say thank you for your time and thank you for sharing your journey and, and some of the lessons that you've learned along the way. Anything else that you want to you want to mention in case people want to see what you guys are doing in terms of what you're sharing, what are the best places for people to, to reach out and, and see what you guys are doing?
1: Yeah, so you can go directly to our website at inspireplanner.com, watch the, the demo videos that we have and view the content. You can also visit us on our app exchange listing, just search for inspire planner. And uh, you'll be able to see all of our great reviews that we have there from our customers, as well as all, all of our content that's provided there.
0: Thank you for listening to the SFDC Consultant Podcast. Be sure to visit sfdcconsultant.com to access the show notes and discover additional content. If you enjoyed the podcast, it would be amazing if you could subscribe, give us a review and share it with your peers. Until next time, take care.